0: It's December, and welcome to the twelfth episode of Jazz Talk Seattle. Wow, my name been, is Josh. My name is
1: Max. It's been twelve episodes. Wow!
0: It's been twelve episodes. <clears throat> That's Next crazy. one is our one-year anniversary, for which we'll do a special episode by doing something cool—an <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> so this one we don't have um, any guests. It's just the two of us talking about our favorite favorite um, jazz Christmas records.
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> a little backstory in this one. Um, so Josh really wanted to do an episode on Christmas records. He's like, Max, let's do this. Let's do this next one on our favorite Christmas records because there are a lot of jazz Christmas records out there.
0: A lot of bad
1: ones. Well, there are a lot of good ones too. Also, yeah. which we will talk about. But uh, right before we started recording just now, um, Josh showed me two tracks. One of which was a Christmas song featuring Tuvan throat singing. One of which was a cowboy speed bop Christmas song played <laughs> on the, the banjo description. And uh, I'm going to ask him a couple of questions about those cause they were just sprung upon me. So Josh, why don't we, uh, w- what were those?
0: Okay. So <laughs> this record, they're both from the same record okay. and it's Bela Fleck and the Fleck tones and the record's called jingle all the way. And it, it's a silly album name
1: and this wasn't but... the record you were going to review today right <laughs> no
0: it wasn't i kind of just sprung this on you uh, yeah okay one of those uh <laughs> the streaming services auto generated suggested suggested things was like hey check this out it's a christmas record and so i clicked on it, and it was like bail of fleck sure i'll check it out for those of you who don't know he's this amazing uh banjo player And he does a bunch of jazz fusion type stuff. Yeah, jazz folk fusion, whatever, kind of, yeah. He plays Weird Banjo, and it's really cool. (laughs) Anyway, so this record uh, called Jingle All The Way was released in 2008 and won a Grammy in 2009 for Best Pop Instrumental Album. And the second track that I just had you listen to, which was Sleigh Ride, was also nominated for Best Country Instrumental Performance, which, for... I, it just, I think that's really cool. That there's and these are mul- on the same record? They're on the same record, yeah. That and there's it's multiple a Christmas genres, record. And it's also a Christmas <laughs> record, totally. So wow. the first track that I had Max listen to and I sprung on him uh, was Jingle Bells featuring Tuvan Throat singing, uh, which but, is... Yeah, what is that? Right. Uh, it's a way of singing a Tuvan... Tuva is this uh, people group um, that's in Russia like bordering Mongolia.
1: Yeah, it's like Mongolia, basically, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And they, there's this kind of singing that's a tradition there where they kind of have a low growl and hold a pitch, a constant pitch while altering harmonics. Um,
1: Which are like the notes that you don't really normally pay attention to above the, the note that you're normally hearing, but these, you can Essentially, hear these
0: people can sing multiple notes at one time, yeah. and while holding one of them constant make the other one move and it's really cool it sounds like almost like a whistle up really high yeah so anyway there's a tube and throat singer doing jingle bells in the upper harmonics and bail fleck accompanies playing like country banjo it's really cool and kind of a weird juxtaposition but i think it's really awesome
1: yeah that was pretty nuts
0: what was your reaction to it
1: i thought it was amazing i've heard some tube and throat singing in the past and i've really been into it um although it's been a while and at one point the singer changed the bass pitch and still maintained the second like melodic line or whatever um that he was singing and now i'm really curious if that's possible to if you can change more than just those two bass pitches
0: like have the two and still moving around sing
1: the upper harmonic line yeah because yeah. that kind of blew my... and they only did it to one other note but it, it was pretty impressive and took me off
0: off guard what'd you think in the second track
1: the second track was uh to my rather untrained um ear in the country world uh a nice down to earth hoedown type christmas country banjo song that was really fast (laughs) and i don't know how else to describe it
0: (laughs) it's cool it's got um so it's sleigh ride which we all know and love but it's got also funny changes that they've put on
1: i was kind of too distracted by the insane banjo playing
0: yeah um i've been victor wooten on bass sounds really cool
1: yeah yeah the whole band is pretty ridiculous yeah. Okay. so <laughs> want to go to our uh, our normal two records here? Yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> so uh, that record's
1: really cool, but we actually had two others that we prepared to talk about too.
0: Which one did you want to talk about first, Max?
1: Um, well, I suppose we can dive into why don't we? Why don't we kind of talk about both at the same time? Kind of, I haven't. I have an idea. Good. So that that Bela Fleck thing you just showed me kind of smashed a bunch of cultures musics into one thing and it was on a christmas record and i kind of got the sense that that was also kind of taking place on the record that i was going to kind of talk about today which was is uh cyrus chestnut's record a charlie brown christmas
0: so this record was released in 2000, and it's a maybe reworking or dedication to, maybe, the Vince Guaraldi record. Yeah, in I think it's kind of a, a an homage to, maybe. Totally. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure <clears throat> almost everybody that's listening knows that record. It's the soundtrack to the Charlie Brown Christmas mm. special.
1: If anyone knows what Peanuts is, the cartoon, Linus mm. and Lucy, you've probably heard of it.
0: So do you know the story behind why Vince Guaraldi was hired to do that soundtrack? I don't. Why don't you share it? So Lee Mendelson is the producer for that uh, TV special. And he originally wanted to get Dave Rubeck to do it. And he called Dave Rubeck and he couldn't do it because he was busy. And so he called Cal Chater and Cal Chater was also busy. (laughs) And uh, Lee Mendelson, the producer, was sitting in a car in San Francisco listening to the radio and Vince Guaraldi's trio comes on the radio. I think it's Cast Your Fate to the Wind is the name of the track that was playing. Oh. And he really liked it and thought I want this for my TV show. And so he got in contact uh, with Vince's agent or his people or somehow. And that's how that happened. Wow, that's fascinating.
1: You never know what is going to come out of what. Well, anyway, um, uh, Cyrus Chestnut's kind of take on the original record is kind of like the tube and throat singing and country being smashed into a Christmas folk record, in a sense, I think. Um, Because he features... Well, first of all, he features a a whole wide group of insane musicians on this album.
0: Um, uh, Did you look who's playing on this? Some. It's pretty nuts. The rhythm section is... Uh, Sarah's Chestnut, of course, on, on the piano. piano yep. Christian McRide playing bass, mm-hmm. uh, both electric and upright, depending on the track. Yep. And Steve Gadd is playing drums.
1: That's the rhythm section. And then the rest of the... I mean, I couldn't even figure out who was playing trumpet, actually. There's one track with trumpet that I i couldn't find who was playing trumpet.
0: It's in my notes somewhere. I'll, <laughs> I'll have to find it. <laughs> I'll find it later, maybe. But,
1: you know, Kenny Garrett, Michael Brecker, Manhattan Transfer, uh, Vanessa Williams. Uh, Hubert Laws playing flute oh is he Mm -hmm. that's another one that i missed (laughs) man uh oh the oh brian mcknight is singing on one of the songs uh the boys choir of harlem i mean it's quite a a compilation of of music from all over the place really being put on this record um and i don't know i guess for people who have listened to the original um charlie brown christmas record it's um, uh, it kind of was a bit of a shock when I first heard some of these songs, especially sure. the second one um skating
0: hmm yeah, definitely, yeah. so I listened to this a bunch of times in preparations for this episode, and it's uh, it's sometimes difficult listening to a record that's that you know after, and, yeah that's yeah. modeled after something <laughs> else that you know so closely mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that I really ever got over it listening to it. It's, there's
1: Yeah, there's some that I like better and some that I like less.
0: Right. Than the original. And oddly enough, I, did you like skating or no? Uh, It's been growing on me. That's one of the ones that I did like, which I thought was interesting. Whoa. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I liked parts of it, and there were other parts that I liked a little less. Well, um, so it
1: starts off with violin and harmonica right off the bat.
0: Right, violin and harmonica, which is already quite unusual yeah you're used to hearing just a piano and it's like whoa there's a harmonica and a violin whoa (laughs) and they're planted uh playing the melody line in unison and which gives a pretty interesting tone
1: yeah that's not a, a normal combination really
0: for jazz records and the violinist takes a solo i can't do you remember if the harmonica takes one too i think so i think both of them do um, so the violinist, I, I don't remember the harmonica player's name right now, but the violinist is, uh, Jerry Goodman. And yeah, the I guess harmonica he played... Player, oh, go ahead. Oh, he played with the Mahavishnu orchestra.
1: Yeah. And the harmonica, or the, uh, yeah, harmonica player's name is, is, is tolik Olestad. I'm not quite sure if I'm pronouncing that the right way, but...
0: Sounds Scandinavian. Yeah, something like that. Cool. Yeah, so the track is, <clears throat> they change the feel a little, um... Mm-hmm. But not drastically either.
1: No, it was obviously skating, the song. Right. And it it was just a very different um, sonic atmosphere than I think I was expecting.
0: For sure. Which is kind of cool. really good players. Solid solos.
1: And then on the next song, Mm -hmm. um, which is My Little Drum, another song that most people would probably recognize. Uh, Right off the bat, I heard Tabla. Which is an Indian percussion instrument, um, for those who don't know, and triangle, and trombone with plunger and reharmonizations and yeah, it was just kind of another one that kind of took wild curves away from the original song.
0: I really like the trombone on that song. Yeah, it was I think cool. it sounds uh, just wonderful tone, very mellow, and it's pretty soothing. What did you think of the groove that the rhythm section was playing?
1: Um, it was, uh, again, at first when I heard it, I think because I was used to the original, I was not quite, I, I, just, I just wasn't really expecting it, I don't, I don't think. Although it's kind of grown on me. The more I listen to it, like, I'm kind of getting into it now. And I was like, oh, that's it's kind of cool, actually.
0: Kind of gospel almost? Yeah, it's gospely. it's bluesy,
1: it's got some, it, it's, just, it's a very different, um mindset I think going into the the playing on that one which is kind of cool definitely comes from more of a gospel background
0: right and so i i'm not sure I, I maybe medium about this one i like the trombone i'm not sure it was really sold on the groove uh, but it's really hard for me to separate um whether or not i like it or Or just different, or if it's just different, right? Right. Yeah. Because uh, that the peanuts, the original Vince Guaraldi trio record is—I've listened to it so many times. It's exactly. Well, let's go to the next song. Um, This one, the Christmas
1: song, is—I did some of these out of order. I'm not sure if that's actually the next song, but I'm going to talk about it now. Uh huh. Uh, Because anytime I listen to a Christmas record, if the Christmas song is on that record. That's the first one I listened to.
0: Oh, and right, the Christmas song. That's Chestnuts Roasting Chestnuts Over an Open yep. Fire. A okay. lot of people, including me, think that Chestnuts Roasting Over an Open Fire is the actual title. Ah. But it is called <laughs> The Christmas Song, which I think is a ridiculous title. They should really title it the other thing, because that's what everybody knows it by.
1: Yeah, right? I used to know it by that and then I saw it in books somewhere or something. And then it the the right way. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, if 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 that's on a record that I'm listening to, especially like a jazz Christmas record, I will listen to that one first just as kind of an intro to the album because kind of everyone plays that song at least most people do i feel like uh when they do a christmas record and that's it's actually why i wanted to do this this one Mm. because i liked it so much and it's it's, it starts off in a 12-8 groove which i'm not going to sing at this time but it's (laughs) uh, a groovy type of groove that involves patterns of three and um brian mcknight is singing on this one and he sounds fantastic and it's a, just a very different take on again what i would normally expect to hear when that's so funny song.
0: i did not like this track really and the big thing that i didn't like about it was his voice <laughs> really <laughs> yeah i thought it re- sounded, sounded really shaky i just i wasn't i wasn't into it wow I loved it oh that's so funny but I also loved the groove
1: and, and the arranging and the, har- the harmony it changed a few things around in there um, also I was reading that Brian McKnight plays trombone and other things do you know if he was playing trombone on the other track my I don't player?
0: remember the name of the trombonist but I'm pretty sure he was not oh okay mm-hmm. I was curious about that so then there was uh, another one. Uh, I'm just going to skip ahead. Yeah, we can skip a there's few of these. too many tracks for us to really yeah. talk about. But they did for release. Yeah, with that was interesting. Latin-ish groove.
1: Well, there was definitely some Spanish um, influence. There was some, some Cuban influence, right? And there was some straight up American backbeat influence. It was kind of a mashup of several different things.
0: And they kind of. Bounce between a bunch of different feels. I don't know if they really ever settled on one that was like... No, it was kind be... of...
1: There were just a lot of different elements going into that one. Yeah. Which, again, I... is also kind of why I was comparing it to the Bela Fleck record. Because mm, it was like, right. whoa, that's from Spain. And this is from here. And that's from Cuba. And that's from Argentina or wherever. It's, there were quite a few different bits of influence in this one.
0: I didn't like... The way the groove, yeah, it and wasn't this one. it wasn't my favorite. I thought the instrumentation and the almost indecisiveness of the grooves, like with a of Fleck record, which I really like, they would choose their groove or or they would smash things together and then they would stay there and really make something of it. This one, they would they cycled through a bunch of different grooves and it seems like they, they did. just couldn't settle on one or I don't know what, what went in that decision but I wasn't super into it. And yeah. uh, there was... It was really chill, smooth almost, and it felt like it didn't have a lot of bite. Yep. That being said, I thought the piano solo was really good. Nobody can begrudge the fact that Sarah's Chestnut is just a great piano player.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think it was an attempt at kind of bringing together a lot of different traditions into the same song. And, mm-hmm. you know, for better or for worse... That's what it is, yeah. I think. But yeah, all right. And of course, that song comes from Beethoven, yeah, which is totally not like a Christmas song, really. Or but is it's it?
0: associated. No, it's not. But it's okay associated with Charlie Brown because Schroeder, right. well, in the yeah, cartoon yeah. played it.
1: <clears throat> anyway. Um, yeah, what else
0: stood out to you on this record or what was your favorite track on this record let's put it that way <laughs> well
1: it's probably a tie between either the, the Christmas song or which I didn't like <laughs> Greensleeves and or What Child Is This because really those are the same song and I thought it was also interesting that there's a song called What Child Is This and a song called Greensleeves that on the same funny, record isn't it because they're the same noti- song
0: they are I didn't notice that
1: Yeah, and it's one of my favorite songs too and also No one plays this song the same way, ever. Whether it's the melody or the harmony, no one seems to play this song the same way. It's a pretty old song,
0: right? Like, old enough that nobody knows who wrote it, kind of old?
1: I don't actually know how old it is. I don't know who wrote it. Mm. I didn't look it up. We probably... Well, if you tried and couldn't find anyone, then I guess we don't know who wrote it, but...
0: I didn't try.
1: (laughs) I don't know who wrote it, but it's a great song. Um... And on What Child Is This, we got Stefan Harris on the Vibes, another outstanding guest. Um, I believe it's Manhattan Transfer singing. Yep.
0: and Fantastic vibe solo.
1: From <clears throat> oh, France. yeah. Stefan Harris is a, is a great Vibes player. Um, it, it was really soulful. There was some reharm on that one, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah,
0: cool reharm. Yep. Yep. Uh, not super intense, though, just kind of...
1: Yeah, just little tasteful things. Mm-hmm um yeah i really liked that one and then of course we can also skip to the other track that is basically the same song that they call green sleeves and it's totally different feel it's it's a, like a bossa nova there's a trumpet solo on it pat Martino is playing guitar and they played a totally different way it's it's like you would almost not even notice they were the same song i thought
0: yeah it's if you weren't really paying attention field. i played yeah. kind of latin bossa nova-ish yeah. um i think there's a bass solo on it too which i th- oh, also yeah. think is the only bass solo on the record is that christian mm-hmm. yep and it was a good one i really liked um Hark the herald oh okay which was a do du- just a duet with uh, sarah's chestnut and michael brecker yep. playing um tenor which he plays really really high yeah it. i liked it but it was a little bit smooth for
1: me although you know if you like michael Brecker, that's kind of comes to the territory half the time but he's a, i mean obviously an amazing musician or was
0: it's a really pretty track i think um it's they only play it once through mm-hmm. and it, they play it slow kind of rubato bunch of reharms, and they don't take it super far but i don't think they need to well i think just sounded cool yeah
1: a lot of a lot of christmas jazz records kind of end with the like falling asleep by the fire feeling i feel like like a lot of the other record we we're going to talk about also does this i i think Mm -hmm. and just kind of makes me like the last song on the record kind of makes me think of relaxing and almost falling asleep with like a fire burning nearby or something
0: hopefully in the fireplace
1: hopefully in the fireplace maybe in a fire pit outside although it'd be kind of cold depending on where you are but yeah
0: cool so overall thoughts on this record i liked it
1: i think there were a couple songs that i wasn't crazy about but overall i think i really liked it cool
0: i liked it medium okay. which means i liked you kind of liked it kind of liked it yeah i liked <laughs> i guess i liked half of the tracks Or pieces of about half of them Mm -hmm. um and others were a little too close to the original record yeah there were there
1: were like two of them that were pretty similar i think Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and i guess the one thing that i really wanted to discuss with you is how you felt about a musician taking on a project like this that's modeled off of another record so very closely
1: well, um in this case, I think you have to discuss who the players are mm-hmm. and where they're coming from. And if you look at the original um it's fairly I think it's fairly safe to say that it's kind of um rooted in the more like white people version of Christmas, whatever that means for better or for worse. And Cyrus Chestnut is very deeply rooted in, like, the, the gospel and, you know, church side of things, the spirituals. And he, he plays, you know, he's a classical musician as well. He plays all this stuff. But I feel like a large part of his personality as a musician comes from that side of things. And I think it's pretty present in this take on this record. For sure. So I think it could just be offering kind of, like, a second look at how that record can be interpreted. Hmm. Um, that's kind of what I was thinking, but cool. That's a really
0: interesting perspective that I hadn't taken before. Yeah. Okay. So the other record that we had listened to was Dave, uh, Dave Brubeck Christmas released in 1996. And it is a completely solo piano record, which I don't listen to a ton of solo piano oddly enough as a pianist. I end up listening to a lot more trio stuff or uh, because I usually really enjoy the interaction between uh, between musicians and solo piano is really hard to pull off. Uh, I think particularly because there's nobody to play off of and there's none of that interaction. It's difficult to maintain interest throughout the track as you play through the melody or the, the form multiple times you have to really do something with it and be more intentional i think than just being able to rely on a different instrumentation to to take you somewhere
1: yeah well um and this was a totally different side of of dave dave rubeck for me too because i hadn't listened to him play solo before mm. and on on several of the tracks he even goes into like really nice stride playing which was something I had never heard him do. And maybe that's just me not having checked out a bunch of his solo stuff. I don't know how much there is, but it was, sounds great.
0: So I really love this record. Uh, And personally, I've got a lot of history with it. And I discovered this record in a really weird roundabout way. I promised Max, I would tell him the story and I'm going to tell him right now. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) So back when I was in middle school, maybe high school, I was first discovering jazz uh, uh, yeah, discovering jazz for the first time and I came from a classical piano background and so everything I played was just pre-written, pre-arranged sheet music and there was no improvisation whatsoever. But I was getting into jazz and I wanted to learn how to play it or I wanted to play things that sounded like it because I thought it sounded cool. And I was at a sheet music store, just a local music shop, and I was looking through the jazz piano arrangement section. Mm. And I found a book called A Dave Brubeck Christmas. And in it were, I think, seven or eight of the tunes transcribed out, uh, like, the whole thing. Whoa. And I played that for years before I realized There was a record that it came from. (laughs) So, funnily enough, my first listening through a bunch of these arrangements is from me sight reading through this transcription book. Wow. So, the funny thing is, uh, the transcriptions, which are really well done, um, don't... Uh, a lot of them don't include the the full arrangement, so they'll include most of the melody and reharms and voicings for when Dave is playing the melody itself. But there are times where he takes more impro- improvisational excursions, and those are just left out and ignored. And they don't even mark it as, oh, he, Dave plays a solo here. They just skip it entirely and skip forward in the track to something that's probably easier to transcribe and easier to play huh. uh, so some of these solos i just didn't know about until later on live i feel like we might want to
1: also mention just in case anyone listening doesn't know dave rubeck is best known for a song called take five that you may have heard of that's who this is
0: yep so what do you think of the record
1: i really liked it it was a really really beautiful record there was a lot of amazing piano playing on it Mm-hmm. and again I really liked the stride playing I liked there was a lot of reharmonization going on
0: Dave Rubek is <clears throat> really good at reharmonization
1: I thought Cyrus's reharms were nice and then I was listening to this one and I was like oh
0: <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yep okay uh, there's another Dave Rubeck track I think he might do a duo with Paul Desmond probably somebody um, doing uh, Over the Rainbow that's mm. also a gorgeous reharm I don't remember which record it yeah. is off the top of my head but it's really cool let me pull up my notes here so this record on a whole i think is really chill even the quote-unquote fast tunes don't really go past the medium tempo right uh but it's cool it's got uh, 14 classic christmas carols that everybody knows and two originals and that's pretty fun I thought it was
1: interesting that he did a, a jingle bells on the way in and a jingle bells on the way out. Yeah. The first one he calls the homecoming jingle bells, and then the second was the
0: Farewell uh, jingle. The farewell bells. jingle bells, yeah. Right. And the the homecoming jingle bells is the first track. Yeah. And it's light and it's happy. It starts mm-hmm. out with him playing repeated uh chords in the right hand, the melody on the left hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm always really impressed with somebody can do that because oh, yeah. yeah, they've clearly spent a lot of time doing it and then uh it starts this stride yep, stride groove stride and it's really and... cool mm-hmm. and then the other jingle bells uh the farewell one totally is totally different <laughs> very different and it's in stark contrast and it's near the end it's not the last track but it's near to the last track um let's see and it's it's reharmed, and it sounds somber and like a bunch yeah, of minor there chords some, like
1: really interesting feelings he put into that one I felt like... It's dark, almost. Yeah. There, it was, there were definitely some darker undertones in, in that version, which is kind of cool. Yeah,
0: I, I like it a lot.
1: Because you never really associate the song Jingle Bells with anything dark. Right.
0: It was like, whoa. It
1: was, hmm.
0: So probably my favorite track on this record is Away in a Manger, oh, okay. And it was my favorite to play when I was regularly playing through... I actually still play through these, pretty much every year at my parents' house on the piano I'll pull it out and just play through them because it's... who
1: sounds better you or Dave oh definitely Dave <laughs>
0: <laughs> by a long shot uh, I'm sight reading it every time I, I don't think I've ever sat down and just learned one of the arrangements all the way through I just you know how in the old days before recordings were a thing people would just sell sheet music and then yeah. the way you would enjoy music was you go to the store buy sheet music take it home and then play it on the piano and that was your yep quote-unquote listening to a record, right? If you had a piano. If you had a piano, right. <laughs> and I guess that's how I've always treated these transcriptions. It's just my way of enjoying the music and yeah. playing through it. So anyway, Away in a Manger is uh, probably my favorite track. There were some beautiful reharms on that one, too. Really cool. And he plays through Away in a Manger multiple times, and every time he plays through it... Uh, I know I just complained about Sarah's chest that's doing it, but I really like how Dave Rubeck does it here. Oh he changes the feel... <laughs> And he has a different harmonic take on it, but they all connect. And it's yeah, also just, just one person playing, also just one person playing, which helps. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way,
1: I feel like maybe we should mention what a reharm is right, just because not everyone knows what that means.
0: You went to Berkeley. Why don't you talk about what a reharm is?
1: Well, okay, so in music in most music, you have melody, harmony, and rhythm. Melody being the part of the song you can sing usually. And then the notes that happen, aside from the part you're singing, generally are the harmony, and those can take the form of chords, so lots of notes happening at once, or just one note at a time, it kind of depends. But there's a standard way to play those chords for most songs, and sometimes people change those uh, to make the song their own, and that's called reharmonizing, or reharming.
0: Yeah, reharming for short. Yeah. Yeah. So what else uh, stood out to you on this one? Um, I,
1: that was about it on, on that song. I was just kind of transfixed by the, the different changes.
0: Cool. It's like, wow. Yeah. What about um, other tracks on the record?
1: Sure. Well, let's see. Winter Wonderland, again, really nice stride playing. Mm-hmm. This one also has Green Sleeves and What Child Is This, mm-hmm. just like the other record that one
0: has got the most intense reharmonization yes. <laughs> on the record.
1: And that exactly. I listened to this version and I was after the Cyrus one and I thought I had already heard some pretty crazy departures and then I right. was like, "Oh no, here we are." Okay.
0: This one was really intense. I don't as a high schooler I didn't like it because I thought everything sounded wrong. And now coming back to it after listening to more jazz and it, it for years, uh I like it a lot more.
1: Yeah, hearing reharmonizations is is kind of like um, getting used to drinking wine or something that at first you might hate. And then later on, years later, you're like, oh, actually, that weird taste actually kind of tastes good. Mm -hmm. I know this happened to me with Brussels sprouts. When I first (laughs) ate them, I totally hated them. And then years later, I came back and started actually thinking they tasted kind of good
0: cool so what anyway. child is this is jazz brussels sprouts on this record i guess yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh the, i don't so i had a i still maintain a funny experience with this tune and okay. i'm curious to hear if you experience this as well this is such a classic melody that and the normal harmonies that go with it are fairly ingrained in my brain and even when i listen to um brubeck's crazy reharmonizations on this it's hard i i hear the original harmonies like kind of at the same time which is not an experience i have with most other reharmonizations that i listen to is that something you experience as well or not really maybe it's just me um i think
1: having played most of the songs and heard most of the songs that get reharmonized um quite a bit i think i usually do hear the reharmonizations uh kind of over what would normally be there, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, now that I th- think about it. So yeah, I think I'm used to hearing what would normally be there, in comparison to what's being played. I
0: see. I guess for other reharmonizations that I've listened to, I, I buy into another one, and I just I understand it. I feel like those are, I, mentally I know they're different, and I I think it's cool that they're different, and, but I. I guess I'm still tracking and following that um, different set of harmonies, and on this one I hear almost both at the same time. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So there is one thing that I didn't like about this record um, as much, and I don't know if this is just um, like my setup as I was listening to it, but it seems the mastering on this record is really quiet.
1: Oh, yeah. I noticed when I switched records, the Cyrus record was significantly louder. Right. More present.
0: And I don't I don't think that's an era thing because they're only four years apart. Yeah. I would be <clears> listening <throat> to this on my phone and then an email notification would come in and blow my ears off because I, was, I had the um, volume of the music where I like it. And yeah, my notifications were just so much louder. And yeah, whenever I switched records, it was like, whoa. So either the mastering engineer messed up
1: or they were trying to make this background music.
0: I really hope that they weren't trying to make this background music. It's way too pretty to be background music. I agree. Alright, is there any other tune in particular that you wanted to call out?
1: Yeah, there was one other one that I, th- I thought was kind of interesting and that was the uh, Cantus para Pedir Las uh Posada dos. I wrote this in my own handwriting and I'm reading it on a really small screen and I can't actually read what it says. So
0: it's in Spanish. Cantos para pedir las posadas. There we go.
1: The language expert over here.
0: <laughs> I had to look this up. It's a traditional Mexican <clears throat> song and its uh, a translation is something like Song of Looking for an Inn.
1: Well, yeah, it's about walking around Bethlehem looking for the inn. Mm-hmm. The baby, yeah. Well, not with the baby, but yeah. That's the uh, apparently where that comes from. And I thought that was really interesting i'd never heard like a traditional christmas song from somewhere else like that it was kind of cool yeah
0: okay max tell us what kind of music is going on uh in seattle for the next couple weeks or so sure well there's
1: actually there's a ton of music going on all over seattle and the surrounding areas um as i suppose can be expected in december but some of the highlights uh include a new record by thomas marriott It's called Romance Language. I've Heard Good Things. It features Rick Mandic on tenor, Tim Kennedy on the piano, Jeff Harper on the bass, and young drummer Xavier LeCoutier on the drums. And that just came out. There's also a bunch of new music coming out of Mr. Cole Schuster, the guitar player. And he's doing a thing with his organ trio December 15th. Where's that one? I believe that's at the... It's in West Seattle, the Parliament Tavern. Mm Mm-hmm and let's see i'm doing a thing Vito's december 22nd with brian nova what's a great one? guitar player and that starts at nine thirty. there's um yeah there are quite a few other things going on too there's some home for the holidays concerts um at the royal room in barboza and i think egan's as well maybe and
0: um, lots of music in seattle yeah. always yes indeed Well, I think that's about all we have time for today. Remember to check us out on Facebook. Give us a like if you'd like. Just look up Jazz Talk Seattle if you want to find out more news about when episodes are coming out.
1: Or share this with your friends.
0: And don't forget to subscribe.